<laughs> uh, gin balloons. Welcome to the Unscrew Podcast, episode number nine. Hey, Lisa, how's it going? Amazing. How are you, Elle? Fantastic. A bit sunburnt, a bit sun-kissed. Oh, so are you, actually. I know. Look at that. It's Here in the UK, we've been enjoying this unprecedented weather forecast. Good weather, hot, sun shining, <laughs> rain, zero. <laughs> Well, no, we've had two days of rain. Oh, all right, don't shit on in it. In the past month. Though. In the past month, so that's, yeah. So that's all okay. Uh, it's Saturday, feeling good. And I'm feeling really happy today because we got a great shout-out from our Instagram post yesterday. We did! Um, I just wanted to nod to her because we chatted last week about uh, Lisa Smith. Yes. Not you. No, not me. Who wrote the memoir, Girl Works Out of a Bar. And uh, she read it while she was on a plane or something to Florence. Yeah. Or, I don't know, and uh, she loved it, so... Yeah, and I really recommend it. If you didn't listen to last week's, listen to it. Tells you all about it. But um, so I was a bit buzzing off, off that today. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's a nice thing to wake up to, eh? Yeah, we're celebrities now, Lise. We're rubbing shoulders <laughs> with memoir writers. Good God! Do you ever yeah. think you could? Do you think you could write a memoir of your life up to now? Um, chapter one. <laughs> chapter one. My mum's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't think I've got good enough writing skills, to be fair. Oh, okay. Well, we are trying to... I could have a ghostwriter and I could tell them my life story. I'm sure it would stop. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Maybe not. Chapter one. Well, the point of this podcast originally, before it was a podcast, was to be a a book. book. That's true. So how's There may still be a book. There may still be a book. How's that going? Great. (laughs) Am I the ghostwriter then? (laughs) Yes. I take it, yeah. Um, yeah, because if you have just started listening to this or you've listened before and you didn't know that's how it started, we uh, wanted to make something that was out there for people who live lives with alcoholics and we planned on writing a book. Yeah, and then the book evolved into a podcast. Yeah, so but if you are interested in uh, sending us your story, you can do that by any of the social media or on our website and there's a questionnaire which you can fill in, or you could just literally send us in your story about your experience. So Yeah, we'll give you all the social media deets at the end of the yeah. episode. Yeah. Right, so oh, we have a new structure for our podcast. We do. Lisa's been on it this week, like I a have. car bonnet. So the first thing we are going to do structure. in the podcast now mm-hmm. is we're going to discuss anything that appears in the news regarding addiction. So current news... So this is the news topic just, segment. Just, yes, and just briefly touched on it. So maybe we need the music intro to segue into this now. <laughs> news topic. What have we got, Lise? Right, well, this has been all over the news over the past like few weeks. Is it Donald Trump? It's not Donald Trump. Is it Theresa May's Brexit? No. No, 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 no. Is it Love Island? That's not to do with addiction. Oh. Oh, I see it has to be. Okay, yeah, got it. it's got to be on point, you know? <laughs> on brand. On, on brand. brand. On, on brand. Yeah, so um, I apologise for my source, because my source is the Daily Mail. <sighs> However, all of these stories have been all over numerous <clears throat> news Sweet. websites and whatnot. The only reason I use the Daily Mail is because they actually had like longer stories and a bit more information so you could actually find all of this stuff i'm going to talk about you could find it bbc news or sky news or the sun or the daily hate i mean daily mail yes or the daily mail um so yeah basically it's, it's all to do with um children being addicted to gaming 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So, for instance, I'll read you one of the headlines from the Daily Hate mail. <laughs> um, girl 9 is in rehab after becoming so addicted. Girl 9. As in age 9? Age 9. <laughs> okay. Girl... Nine. I thought you were doing like a, you know, what's no. that Stranger Things? Okay. No, girl nine. No. Girl no, nine. No. So girl, <clears throat> age nine, <clears throat> is in rehab after becoming so addicted to Fortnite video game, she wet herself to continue playing and hit her father in the face when he tried to take away her Xbox. So... A nine-year-old girl is in rehab after becoming so addicted to a video game, she wet herself to avoid moving and I mean, we've stop all been him there. playing the game. <laughs> so she'd secretly play the survival shooter game during the night and didn't get up to use the toilet because she couldn't prize herself away from the screen. Uh, the girl is now in intensive therapy to combat her addiction. So she would play for up to 10 hours a day. Wow. Uh, worn out from all-night sessions of gaming... Uh, she doze off at school. So the girl's mother said, quote, We had no idea when we let her play the game of the addictive nature or the impact it could have on her mental health. So brings me to another story about the same uh, And what's that game called? Thing. That, that's Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah. That's a computer game, isn't it? Where... Computer game. It's like a shooting up game. Yeah, Xbox but you game. share it with other people. And yeah, stuff you do. Yeah, 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 I've heard of yeah. that. Yeah. So... Uh, this other headline, again, from Daily Mail. Mother fights for her 15-year-old son to be diagnosed with internet game addiction by the NHS after revealing his habit is so bad he's not been to school for a year. Good parenting. So, wow. So your child's not been to school for a year because he's addicted to playing a video game. And that's got nothing to do with you not taking him to school. I find that bizarre. But So he's not been to school for a year. Wow. Because he's so addicted. So, um, a little bit from that story is Kendall Palmer's son was a talented sportsman, the captain of his county rugby and cricket teams, and in a, and in a stream for gifted pupils at secondary school. But his addiction to online gaming has left him unable to attend classes for a year and confine, confined to his North London home as his confidence plummeted. The teenager was admitted to hospital for eight weeks because his ability to function was so impaired. When he left hospital, he was offered vitamin D tablets to reverse the effects of months oh, without shit. sunlight. Wow. Surely, though, that would have to go hand in hand with neglect somewhere it's down just, that line. It's just absolutely insane. I couldn't believe half the stuff that I was reading. So um, then, so another news story that I read was doctors launched the first NHS internet addiction clinic as oh. concerns build over dangerous online video games. So doctors are set to launch the first NHS internet addiction clinic amid fears over dangerous online video games. The clinic will help adults and children with gaming disorders, with children as young as nine needing help for addictions to violent video games, such as Fortnite. Um, if approved by managers, it'll be run by an NHS Foundation Trust in London and could also help people obsessed with pornography and social media. A 10-year-old boy was left deformed by his video game addiction, <laughs> suffering a dilated bowel because he stopped what? himself from going to the toilet so he could carry on playing. Wow. What's that about? Well, I mean, addiction is addiction, so I guess... If... But fucking hell. What are the parents doing? I'm not being funny, but come on. Come on. 
Well, you're the one with a child. Exactly. So that's frightening. Like, what, what will you stop do? Stop your kid from using a fucking console. But what Get if, them outside in the sun so they don't become vitamin D deficient, you fucking tosses. But what if they... Oh, Sorry. But, Sorry. No, but what if they... Um, but, but come on. But what if they're getting up at like two o'clock in the morning to play well, and you're asleep? Well, one of them was saying that the... the the, the nine-year-old girl that yeah. she um she girl, was, she was playing it girl nine she was playing it in the middle of the night like when yeah. her parents felt that she was asleep um and she was playing playing it overnight mm. um but I mean I, I don't know it, it plays a part doesn't it well surely that. sorry yeah like surely you would think at what point does that because that's that's a they're picking specific examples mm. like. Is it a huge thing? Is it like, are we neglecting our children that much that we are now just content to... Or maybe we just don't realise how addictive it is. Like, I was totally addicted to Sims. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I remember Sims. And I would play that for an entire day. And right. it would be dinner time and I'd be like, hang on, it was breakfast time, like, an hour ago. How, how has that happened? So uh-huh. I, do, I do know what that pull is like, but, like, surely... But my parents never stopped me, I guess, so... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's just crazy because this is obviously it's it's that bad that the NHS are now sorting out rehabs for children for video gaming. That's insane. Wow. But there's got to be some sort of um, blame put on parents for that, in my opinion, mm. as a parent. What do you think, listeners? Do you think it should be blame placed on the parents? Do you have a child it, who? Well, hang on, I'm not saying it should wholly blamed on the parents i'm just saying there should be some blame there because it, it, there's got this something that you, you need to be parenting your kid more to stop them from you know an hour a day maybe take them outside play them a swing <laughs> you know yeah yeah so that was a uh, current news there for About, addiction wow yeah well yeah let us know if your kid is addicted or if you're addicted to sims much like i was or theme hospital that was another one i was very keen on and also, like, even... Did you not used to play, like, Sega Mega Drive? Yeah. I mean, Alex the Kid. Yeah, of Oh, I, I was more Lion King. I smashed that. But I remember playing that Never for, like, played Lion King. five to six hours a day. No. I think it's the content of the game is quite different. No, we used to play Alex, Alex the Kid and Sonic the Hedgehog, like, quite a lot. Yeah. But it's the, it's the but, interactivity but, of the but, games now. But, that, but when we used to play it, we, I'm, I'm pretty certain we were only allowed to play, play it, like, for a certain amount of time. Oh, no, like, I was, like... Not, you're fine if you're fine. like we'd leave you i was more into like being outside on my like roller skates oh. <laughs> to be fair well i do think and it's... dancing and like going to like clubs but i do think stuff. it's the the point is is like this game specifically that i've heard about what's it called F- fortnite fortnite is is about gaming with your friends yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so you wear headsets and you talk to yeah them, and yeah. that's got to be a huge part of the addiction because yeah you sure. never want to not drop out or you never want like, my niece was at, um, I took my niece, my uh, 12-year-old niece, to a Nile Horan concert mm. um, a couple of months ago, and she, she'd been so excited about it all day, and it started, and she had a phone, mm. but the battery was really low, and for the first two songs, all she did was do a live stream via Instagram. Loads of people if, do that at any concert and, nowadays, But she so. wasn't even watching the concert, no, she was just waiting know. to see how many people were watching her, and how many people were joining yeah. in, so she, I can totally see how it's that mentality that they're addicted to. Is not mm-hmm. wanting to miss out. It's what's it called? Uh, FOMI, fear of missing out. FOMO. FOMO. FOMI. 
That's that's a nightclub in Tenerife. Yeah. No. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So Thanks, that Lee. was our uh, news topic for this episode. All right. So my topic this week um, is I wanted to talk a bit about violence. Okay. And uh, specifically, because it's one of the, as I said earlier about the questionnaire, we, one of the questionnaires is about how violence has played a role in your uh, relationship mm-hmm. with the addict. So a lot of the questionnaires we've had respond to this. And also yep. it ties in with um, what's happening at the moment, which it might be finished by now by the time this airs, but okay. about the World Cup and violence and stuff I've been reading about oh, yeah. that recently. So... Um, on one of the questionnaires, we've got one of our questionnaire readers who is going to read part of their uh, answers. And Amazing. he talks about his experience with his dad and alcoholic and he references the violence that his dad showed and how right. in turn he became a violent response. So I just want to share this and uh, play it and thanks so much to him for sharing and we hope you like it. So here's Mr X. I think my dad's relationship with alcohol only really became apparent to me uh, when I became an adult because I'd grown up with it my entire life where he was what I guess you'd describe as a bit of a tyrant um, always made excuses to have a drink and then ultimately his behaviour which followed that uh, was, was kind of just expected um, and by behaviour I mean he'd be quite aggressive and on occasion you know he'd, he'd be quite violent um, and this is again like I say the norm for me as I was growing up as an adult, he was um, increasingly relying on drink um, as, a, as a kind of a crutch, as a get away from his life. And I think he, did, he does have difficulty expressing himself. And really, it all kind of came to a head when, um, you know, he was, he, again, he was, he'd had a drink and he was quite violent towards me. And as an adult, I kind of just had to defend myself. And the dynamic of our relationship was forever changed at that point. Um, he tells me that he doesn't drink anymore, but I'm not sure that I believe him. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and that's not a common, uh, sorry, an uncommon story. Um, but it particularly, he paints this picture of a man who felt that his work life justified his drink life. And he very much, yeah. he comes across as quite a, uh, like a, like he says in here, like the old school. So the old school masculine dad, the dad who would like drink, have a pint, come home and sort of rule his kids with the patriarchy, with like a, mm. you will obey me. And he talks about his brother's physical abuse was worse than his. Um, but it was always related to his drinking specifically. Yeah. But when he was sober, it said he was a tyrant. When he was drunk, he was Satan. Um so there's been loads of responses about violence and that one just for me painted quite a specific yeah picture so thank you to you mr x for sharing that with us um but the reason why i wanted to talk about it was because of this time a friend and i were having a chat about the world cup and she's she's american and she's mm. like, I don't fucking get the whole World Cup. I don't get how everyone's like, Way England, and they're all pissed and they're all angry and it makes me feel really anxious on the streets and blah, blah, blah. And she told me about this article uh, that she'd found. So yeah, she was telling me she'd read this article about how during the World Cup, which is the mm. football, the World Cup, um, how domestic violence uh-huh. rises 
significantly during the World Cup. Yeah. So domestic violence exists regardless of whether there's World Cup or football. Or, but in this, or addiction. Yeah, and in this article it's, it's very strongly linked to alcohol mm-hmm. and how the fuel between alcohol and World Cup gives men another excuse. Right, okay. To carry out attacks. So I just wanted to share some of these thoughts. There's some amazing posters and stuff which we'll paste on the social media so you can have a look. Um, so the largest of studies, this is from The Independent, and I think I shared this on Twitter recently. The largest of studies conducted by Lancaster University in 2013 found that abuse increased by 26% when England played and 38% when they lost. Jeez. Yeah. It's mental, isn't it? So... They were talking about trying to... So there's all these poster campaigns to try and draw awareness prior to the semi-final between England and Croatia. Oh, right, okay. Um, uh, to sort of point out this disturbing link because it's trying to say if you see something or you become aware of something but you think it's related specifically to the football, mm-hmm. remember that those drunk men yeah. will continue that abuse after... They don't. They just use the football as an excuse. Right. Um, so, and the posters are sort of titled If England Gets Beaten, So Will She... That kind of thing. I actually saw a little thing about that if England gets beaten. So, yeah, that's. I've Was that what you that. saw? I so, saw that yeah, thing. I'll share that this uh, poster on uh, Instagram so you can have a look. Um, but it's, yeah, and they sort of said it's the not so beautiful game. <laughs> um, so, it's about the statistics creating this um, just understanding of how much something which is socially so excited and so accepted and we all look forward to it and we all Mm. enjoy it and we all get pissed but it's about making that awareness that if you see it sometimes you'll think you'll forego it or you'll like burrow over it but it will never just be that one time um offense with the violence so so i want to share this one it's a woman called penny i don't know if that's her real name uh, it's an interview she did with BBC3, 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 <laughs> BBC3, um, and she was talked about her abuse she suffered during her two-year relationship with her male partner. Right. So whenever she heard the sound of football on the TV, her gut reaction was to try and stay as far away from her then-boyfriend as possible, but it wasn't always easy because they live in a one-bedroom flat. And she said, he didn't really have any friends, so he would want me to watch football with him and share in his hobby, but... When I did, I would just sit there silently, willing, willing, willing his team to win because I knew what to expect if they lost. The physical and emotional abuse I was experiencing would escalate. So just to make that aware that alcohol does play a part in violence because we all know people become very different people when they're drunk. You know this from your mum. She becomes like an absolute monster. Um, but just to make people aware that during the World Cup, during events where everyone is drunk, where it's very socially acceptable to be yeah. drinking, to not just ignore it and not think it's a sideline. So I'll share some of that stuff um, with social media. And lastly, to share it, that if you do see anything or if it's happening to you or if you know it's happening to someone but you don't quite know how to talk to them about mm-hmm. it, um, I've not really, we've not shared this so much, but I wanted to just share Samaritans. Mm-hmm. because it's a charity called you've probably heard of it if not it's called Samaritans um, there's a website samaritans.org and they essentially support anyone who's going through any emotional difficulty so whether that is domestic violence if it's um, alcoholism addiction even if it's an emotional difficulty with an illness or yeah. anything um, but they have a um, 
a free phone from any phone number on 116 or 123. It's a 24-hour day of service, 365 days a year. It's just give them a call and they offer amazing free advice and you don't have to be suicidal. You don't have, It doesn't have to be anything mm-hmm. huge. But it could be if you feel like you've got no one else to talk to or you yeah. just want advice. It's an amazing charity. Or you can always email um, and they, from the UK, it's joe at, jo at samaritans.org. And from Republic of Ireland, it's joe at samaritans.ie. So if you want to find out more about it, have a look at the website. There's all yeah. the resources on there. What happens when you call them. Um, you can even listen to example calls. So it's right. really, really nice. So you can see like, because sometimes you feel like, oh, maybe my problem isn't valid enough. Maybe yeah. my issue isn't. Um, but there's some example calls on there. If you're struggling to cope, it can it shows you different types of coping or struggles. Mm. Um, and if you're worried about someone else, it it just gives you different examples. So it's a fantastic charity. And if during this time, if that's something you're experiencing or someone you know, it's a really good low key way of saying to someone, here's a, here's might be a lifeline for you. So check out Samaritans. They also have like Welsh language. Um, they've got deaf and hard hearing, all of that sort of great... Good shout, mentioning yeah. the Samaritans, because yeah. we've not mentioned them before. No, exactly. And I wanted to... Because it's not, it's not just about addiction. Yeah, it But it can be. But there's definitely a correlation between people who get pissed during the World Cup and violence goes yeah. up massively. So I just wanted to shout out because it just seems so... I've been enjoying the World Cup. We all have. Well, yeah. I say that. I don't know. A lot of us have, and we've, yeah. you know, been going out and getting drunk, and everyone's been partying, and you just sometimes might forget that when someone acts up, that's mm. how someone is probably all of the time. So, yeah, that was my little share this oh, week. Oh, good share! Thank you very much. No, you're welcome. And I'll I'll post that some of those images because they're quite amazing um, on social media, and I'll put on the stuff about Samaritans as well. So, um, have a look, and it's completely confidential. So, yeah, I wish you the best of luck in the Samaritans. Thank you. Okay, so my bit that I've got for you this week... Yes. ...is um, I came across a, a documentary when I was just searching documentaries about addiction on YouTube the other day, which I, I do quite often. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I found this documentary. It's, it's from 2017. It was a BBC documentary, yeah. and it's called Addicted Parents... Last chance to keep my children. Oh, okay. So it's available. It's on, it's on YouTube. Go watch it. It's really good. It's harrowing, but it's also good. Really interesting. I advise you watch it. It's it's great. So it's based at um, it's based in Sheffield. The rehab facility is called Phoenix Futures. Okay. Which made me think about <clears throat> Phoenix Nights quite a lot. So so. <laughs> British comedy series from years ago, but anyway, I think so, it's more Phoenix rising from the it, 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 yes. Ashes. So it's called Phoenix Futures. They're based in Sheffield, and it's a family-based rehab. Mm. So essentially, when um, an addict has children, and they're so deep into their addiction that they're at risk of losing their children to social services, they can have this option of going to Phoenix Futures along with their children okay. and do the rehab, the detox, everything whilst their children are with them. Wow. Um, so it's like a last chance saloon sort of thing for keeping their kids, essentially. Right. Um, so uh, Phoenix Features' uh, website is uh, 
phoenix-futures.org.uk. So I'll just read a little bit about what they state on their website uh, about what they do. So Phoenix Futures um, National Specialist Family Service is a unique service offering residential treatment for mums and dads to address their drug and alcohol issues whilst remaining the primary carers for their children. Children live on site with their parents. This supports families to stay together. Parents can be single parents or couples. The service is in a suburban part of Sheffield, just a short walk from local amenities and shops. Children up to the age of 10 are able to enter residential treatment with their parents and are looked after in an Ofsted registered nursery, which is rated outstanding by Ofsted, um, while their parents participate in treatment. The programme has three main elements, therapeutic, parenting and child development, with parents working on both their own substance misuse and their parenting skills. So the documentary basically follows... Uh, different families staying um, wow. at this rehab. So and, how many families and, and is it? Uh, I think it's like, it's like 12 families at, at, at a time. time. It, can, it can cater wow. for all. Okay. Yeah. So you'd have like, um, it, it, typically it'd be like two two families um, and they, obviously they'd have like separate bedrooms and whatnot, but they'd have like a communal kitchen like that. So it'd be like two of you sharing a, yeah, a yeah. kitchen, bathroom, whatever. Like a knockoff Butlins. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Probably not as fun. Without the pool um, or the alcohol. So, so yeah, so yeah, the documentary just follows um, these families as they go through their journeys at Phoenix Futures. So, I'll just tell you a little bit about some of the um, residents on this documentary. So, one of the new residents uh, is a lady named Tracy. She has eight children, seven of of whom have already been removed from her care. Oh, God. So she attends this rehab with a little boy. He's just turned two oh. years old. Tracy is addicted to co-codamol. Wow. So she takes on average 20 co-codamol tablets Whoa, a day. Oh, shit. Sir. So it's one of them things, because like, when I was watching it, I was like, you know when you hear about people who are addicted to painkillers, and you think, like, you know, paracetamol, co-codamol, ibuprofen, and I just think, how can you be that addicted to... Clearly, on this documentary, it shows how addictive they are. She was in a rehab for being yeah, addicted yeah. to cocodamol. Um, so, in order to detox Tracy off the cocodamol, they gave her methadone. So, oh. that really, really shocked me because I was like, because I associate methadone with just heroin addicts. Yeah, if you don't know what a methadone is, it's. Yeah, it's, it's a what heroin addicts are given to come off heroin yeah it's like a, a substitute. It's like, it's a substitute basically wow so i mean cocodamol is an opiate so a methadone is is an opiate but you do, i've never correlated that no, with no. a painkiller you in my mind someone who's on methadone is a heroin addict yeah 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 so it was just insane Cracks, huh? <laughs> yeah it was just Shit. absolutely mental um so yeah, so um, she's going through her journey trying to come off the cocodamol with the help of methadone and then various therapies and, and all the other things um, that they offer there. The, the, what's really worrying though about watching this documentary, what bothered me, is that they, the people who were on the methadone, they'd be in like the office ready to take the methadone with their, like, two, three, four-year-old children around Ooh. them, and, like, the key workers and the staff and stuff, and, like, there was one clip where there was one lady who was taking, who was having this shot of methadone, it was, like, her last dose of methadone, and even, like, all the key workers are, like, to the children going, yay, that's the last bit of medicine, mummy oh doesn't need God. any more medicine, and I was like, 
oh, is that going to be damaging in years to come when they grow up? Oh, like, yeah. You know, <laughs> bit weird. I think it's great what they do because it's like a last chance to, for them to like get clean and help themselves and, and learn to be better parents. I think that's, that's a lot of what it's about. But at the same time, all I was thinking all the way through it was, how are them children going to be when they like get a bit older? Like, with that, would they even remember it? But I'm sure some of them will do. It was a bit... I was a bit uncomfortable yeah, watching it, fuck. you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, there was another lady who was there called Natalie. Um, so she'd got so far within her treatment that she was then allowed out of the rehab on an unsupervised trip right? Um, with her children. So, le- so basically leaving the house without the staff is, is like the next stage of, of trust. And then when they come back, there's like a random drug test to you know, make sure they're... They've not taken any drugs. So once one of these tests reveals that Natalie and another resident have used crack cocaine and heroin while out unaccompanied. So Natalie goes on to explain what she did while she was out. So she says, I was at Tesco. I saw a man. I just went up to him and said, can you get me anything? She said it was literally an impulse. It went from my brain like that. I then went to the park up the road and done what I'd done. And then a support worker then says... They went off um, to use the substance in the public toilets. They took their children with them and they shared care of the children while they were using the drugs. Natalie Natalie was allowed to stay on the recovery course even after failing that drug test, having given what what, what she'd just done. They allowed her to carry on and continue to give her that extra, like, last hope sort of thing um but then natalie basically just threw back in the face at the end and went no i don't want to be here anymore and said that she'd be better off if she could cope by herself at home and left yeah it's really it's a really really harrowing documentary but it's really um it's really interesting i just couldn't get over the cocoa thing to be honest well yeah well we talked this about this earlier funnily enough didn't we we? about the because my sister i'm sure she wouldn't Mind me saying, because everyone knows, but she uh, she was addicted to uh, over-the-counter drugs, so painkillers, mm. for like six years. And I yeah. had no... I couldn't understand, but her tolerance for drugs now is insane. Like, as in, if she, you know, has painkillers or yep. anything at hospital or any appointments, she, her, her, because of that... It's really higher tolerance. I can't believe it, how, how much... Because you just don't... I don't know, I guess it's because you assume it's given over the counter. You think it's somehow it's less dangerous. Yeah, or, of course. But clearly wow. it's not. It's just as dangerous yeah. and it can result in you losing seven of your children and yeah. then ending up in rehab on methadone to keep your last one remaining child. Mm. It's scary, and scary it, stuff. What I would love... Do you know what I would love is... I would love to see a documentary about those seven children. That's what I want to see. Mm. Do you know? It's because we often talk about there's so much access to this stuff about the addict. But where is... I want to follow those children. I want to know what happens to them. I want to follow their life through the care yeah. system, through... That's what I... While I was watching I mean? it, all I was thinking was, what? how are these children going to yeah. be in years <clears throat> to come? 100%. After staying there. And that's what I, I would love. I, I get the idea behind it. I understand the idea behind it. But yeah, I found it worrying. Well, I guess it's, I guess what they're trying to do is like mirror more of a real world scenario, which mm-hmm. is realistic to. They say they have a seventy nine percent success rate. Right. Which is amazing. We've, that is Compared amazing. To, like, That's the parents though, yeah. like recovering. That's not 
indicating what effect it's going to have on the child yeah. in, in the future, which was what my concern was whilst I was watching it. Um, but yeah, so that's um, Addicted Parents, Last Chance to Keep My Children. And is that a BBC thing? It was say? a BBC documentary right. from 2017. Do you know it's I'm... on YouTube, go watch it, it's, it's really good. I'm thinking I might like send this request to like Louis Theroux. Ooh. and be like could you follow up on these seven kids because genuinely that's what I want to understand they're the people that get left out of this scenario yeah exactly and we like hope and assume they've gone on to better things but yeah oh no I'm gonna watch that thanks Lise yeah good nice yeah. stuff thank you very much you're welcome should we do a vote it's got a lot ready two two okay quick math right Adult children of alcoholics have trouble following a project through from beginning to end. Adult children of alcoholics have problems finishing sentence. <laughs> no, I'm f- I, I don't suffer from that myself. I've always been brought up to achieve, achieve, achieve. So slightly different for me. How about you? I don't know. I think I've... I think I... I don't think I've had difficulty following anything through from beginning to end. Like anything, not anything major that sticks out in my in my mind. I mean, I it think. took a year and a half to get this podcast off the ground. But that's not just me, though, is it? That's you with uh, your parents I mean, I who didn't taught you s- how to follow things through from beginning to end I all the time look, and win. What am I doing right now? <laughs> what is this? This is my. This is all about you. This was, I was ready. I was ready from the go. I was ready from that trip in Greece. So what does Janet say? What? No, this is not all me. What are you talking about? <laughs> it was never going to be a podcast. It was going to be a book. That's and then it. the book turned into a podcast. That's it. So, it was all mind your mouth. Mm-mm. Okay. Right, so, Wotitz says, so the topic one evening in adult children of alcoholics meeting was procrastination. Okay. So, when she asked him to talk about what it meant to them, the opening response was, I'm the world's biggest procrastinator. Or somehow, I just don't seem to be able to finish anything that I start. So, for example, like if you were doing, uh, I don't know, um, say you wanted to open up a restaurant and you got as far as maybe looking at a couple of restaurants or places that you could you could buy. Yeah. And then you'd get really excited about it and think, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a future. Da, 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 and then that would be as far off the ground as it went. Okay. Because you'd have these like mad box ideas this is what I'm getting from it anyway yeah you would have this idea you're going to do this one thing it's going to be amazing da, 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 da. you'd start it and it would just deplete and then okay. you'd go on to the next thing that's how I procrastination yeah yeah but or losing confidence halfway through or something yeah may, yeah maybe okay I don't think I do that I don't think I've nothing are you going to backtrack on that thought now no nothing major <laughs> I, I, I can't actually think of anything major that that pops in my mind that I've started and then not done anything with okay so yeah no okay so you definitely don't do that then it's not something um I'm more of the if I start something if I don't finish it I hate myself so it's like for me it's more like I ha- I would have to punish myself if I didn't finish it so quite a okay. different yeah Wotis doesn't actually state in this why she thinks that adult children... No, she doesn't. Why, really? What, no, it. she doesn't. She goes on to think... She goes on to give examples of what that might be, and then she says how to get over it 
what you might want to do. Okay. So she says, who took the time to sit down with you when you had an idea for a project and said, that's a good idea. How are you going to go about doing it? How long is it going to take you? What are the steps involved? So as a child... Yes. So your parents wouldn't... So if Dexter's got a homework project, it's like, and he says, I want to build a -hmm. castle. It's like, that's a good idea. How are you going to do that? Yeah. Well, we need turrets. Well, how are we going to get turrets? We need to use loo roll. Good. Yeah. How but are you going to stick them together? What she's saying, though, is that with adult children of alcoholics, the answer to all of those questions is that probably nobody oh, asked right. you those questions. Right, yeah. So, taught you those. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah? Um, so, yeah, so what are the steps involved? Blah, blah, blah. Are there turrets on the castle? Blah, 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 as you were just saying. So then she goes on to say, probably no one. When was it that one of your parents said, gee, that idea is terrific? You sure can do it. Can you break it down into smaller pieces? Can you make it into man- can you make it more manageable? Probably never. So <laughs> this yeah. is not to suggest that all parents who do not live with alcohol teach their children how to solve problems, but it is to suggest that in a functional family, the child had this behavior and attitude to model. The child observes the process and the child may even ask questions along the way. The learning may be more indirect than direct, yeah. but it is present. Yeah. It was like Dexter when he makes robots. Yeah. He loves making robots, doesn't he? Out of leftover bits of cardboard and he has these pictures, doesn't he, in his head of how they're going to look. And it's like, well, how can we do that? How can yeah. we? Yeah. But I, th- I think as well with this, because obviously I'm an adult child and alcoholic, I still think that this, this boils down to what I've said on a lot of these answers is... Mm. I was 11 when I started drinking. So before that, if I wanted to build a robot, my mum would have gone, okay, yeah. and gone through everything yeah. everything with me. So I don't, I don't think I have that problem of following things yeah. through from beginning to end. No. And it's, and but it's, it's understandable to think of why an adult child of an alcoholic may not have those skills. Yeah, because it is one of those basic like skills that we take for granted or we just assume. Yeah. And interestingly, the, the thing I was thinking then about the how I was saying... Mine is always, you will excel at each project. Uh-huh. It's because my parents would be like, this is how you do this project. Yeah. But could you just not make this a bit better? Is that really how you're going to leave it? Could you not make this more detailed? Could you not? <laughs> so mine was always like, it's not good enough. The toilet rolls are it. They don't capture <laughs> the essence of the Renaissance. I must add more detail. So yeah, but that was uh, Janet's this week. So I can get that. Yeah, thanks, Janet. Yeah, cheers, Walters. Oh, and if you've not seen a picture of Janet before, she's fucking rad, and she's on our Instagram. Check her out. <laughs> Just for today. Yep. So... Oh my god, totally the segment. <laughs> Just for today. Just for today. Harmony. Okay. Okay. Just for today. Shut up. <laughs> Right, so I'm going to read a, read a quote from the Just For Today book, uh, Daily Meditations for Recovering Addicts. It is endorsed by Alcoholics Anonymous, um, our firm friends, um, and the NA Fellowship approved the literature as well. So Good. basically the book... Um, so it's the real deal. Oh yeah. So <laughs> for every day of the year, yes. there are just for today quotes in there for that day so the idea being you're a recovering alcoholic you wake up in the morning you open your just for just for today book and you read that date's like motivational quote you are bathed in a quote and it will get you through sobriety so we thought the date that we're recording yes 
we would then read what that date is. Fantastic. So today is July the 14th. Yeah. So I am reading from July the 14th. Cracking. Okay, so... <laughs> Shall I give it some underscore music as you, as you no. read it? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so... One of the first things that happens to many of us in recovery is that we start to look better. We get healthier, we bathe, we dress more appropriately, and without the goading of active addiction, many of us finally stop stealing, lying, and hustling. We start to look normal just by removing the drugs. Looking normal is very different from being normal. Acceptability in the eyes of the world is a benefit of recovery. It is not the same thing as recovery. We can enjoy the benefits of recovery, but we must take care to nurture their true source. Lasting recovery isn't found in acceptance from others, but in the inner growth set in motion by the 12 steps. So just for today, I know that looking good isn't enough. Lasting recovery is an inside job. And that was July the 14th from Just For Today. Beautiful. Amazing. Amazing. Cracking. Yeah. Well, that was a very insightful episode. I feel I, so. I feel f- full of information. Yeah. My cup runneth over. Amazing. Um I'm so, so pleased. Cheers, Lisa. Here Does your cup runneth over with wine? Nearly it's empty of oh, it wine. Is, it is nearly empty. Cheers. Cheers. Um thank you so much for listening, everyone. Yes, thank you so much. Um, if you've got any thoughts or stories or anything that you want to share with us about this episode or previous episodes, yeah. um, then you can email us at podcastunscrewed at gmail.com. Or we'll find us on Twitter at unscrewedpod. Uh, Instagram is at unscrewedpodcast. And the Facebook group is the Unscrewed Podcast. Um, thank you so much for listening and just to know that you guys are fucking awesome. And wherever you're listening to this, um, we think you're amazing. So thank you and tune in again next week. Did it dun 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 Oh, I was trying to I'm feeling very new newscastery this week. I think it's because of all the papers. Like I wanna do I wanna do that thing. This. Yeah. Thank you so much. And now over to Lisa in weather. You would definitely be the weather girl. Why would I be a weather girl? Well, I don't think I could point at a green screen. You've not got the brains, but you've got the beauty. Oh thanks, you cheeky bitch. <laughs> I mean, I'm a classic Moira Stewart, me.